This is the weekly sales meeting for June 11th, 2023. My name is Chris Fleming. You can reach me at chris at cdmediaconsulting.com or go to our website at cdmediaconsulting.com. Today's topic is a grand objection buster. Sales objections happen. Buyers are reluctant to commit to anything, especially long-term commitments, even when they know these are the real deal, even when we meet all of their criteria, even when we solve their problems. If we make them two feet taller and elect them queen of the carnival, there will continue to be objections. I find that they fall into three general categories. The first is money. The second is a feeling. They don't like you. I will explain in a minute. And the third is a general value objection. Your prospect does not see the same value in your presentation that you do. You failed to connect with them. You didn't speak their language. You didn't solve a problem, advance a cause, or connect on any level. In this case, you will get an objection or even a flat-out no. Let's explore these three categories. The first is money. No money equals no order. If your customer does not have any money, you are not getting any. It is simple. The old adage is you can't get blood from a stone. This is a matter of prospecting. It can be overcome by not selecting the broke ones as targets for business. Try to find businesses that are solvent. Look for longevity. Check county tax records. Look at the square footage. Look at the number of employees. You can look at the total locations or store traffic as indicators of business health. If all these check out, then probe a little more when the money objection comes up. It could be the value objection disguised as poverty. The second category of objection is a bit more personal. I will call this one, they hate us. It could be the owner. It could be the manager. It could be a previous manager. It could be your manager. It could be a former employee, an experience, or a random encounter that remains unspoken. Whatever it is, if your prospect dislikes you, you are not making a sale today. This is going to take a longer conversation with an apologetic tone. You may have to send in the owner or manager to listen to the complaint. It may be a nonsensical one, but someone needs to listen. Someone wants to be heard. They feel their voice has been silenced in some way and they want a sounding board. Facilitate that. Help that take place. Accept the responsibility to get them the audience they seek. Either way, you are not making a sale today. The final category is the value category. Your prospect does not see the value in your offer. Be it fortunate or unfortunate, this is the majority of all objections. They come down to value, and that value has a personal ring to it. Whether your prospect likes a competitor or doesn't like your product, you have failed to connect on some level. The good news is, you can make a case for value. You can use math, emotion, or leverage to make a case for value. This is in your control. If someone does not see the value in your offer, find out where you lost them. Retrace your steps. Figure out the disconnect and start again. Work to connect the prospect to the solution using their own words and phrases. It can be done if you have done good discovery work. One of my favorite ways to overcome any sales obstacle is by using the phrase, you told me. It means I have a nugget of information. I am holding on to what was provided by my customer in an earlier part of the conversation. It could have been something I learned from them in a previous exchange. Either way, I have a leverage point I can use to open the objection conversation. At this point, it doesn't matter whether their objection is a stall, a false objection, or real. It is a jumping off point for me to reframe the conversation using the customer 
customer's words. It is backing up to the point where you and your prospect were on the same page. This leveling of the playing field turns you from adversaries into equals. And that is the basis of a good business relationship. To get to this position, you need to have done a good job of finding the opportunity. You need to uncover the impact point for the customer. Whether you are selling cars, working retail, selling houses, or advertising solutions, it is imperative that we uncover the specific conflict point for that person. It is an individual sport. No two will be alike, although many will be similar. Probe to get this on the table. Your ability to recognize and understand the challenge goes a long way to creating a viable, recognizable need. Once you have uncovered that individual's personal point of pain, write it down and hold on to it. Verify it every time you see that person from now until the end of time or the most critical need changes. You can put this back on the table. You can use it as a reference point to frame any plausible business solution. It is hard to argue with your own words. It may be almost impossible without revealing yourself to be an idiot, unless, of course, you are a politician, a narcissist, or both. And then it is the rule. For the rest of the planet, it is necessary for our own sanity to be true to our words and deeds. We want our actions to be in concert with our statements. Psychologists would call this a cognitive bias, known as the choice-supportive bias. Once we make a choice, we take a stand, even if that choice has flaws, even in the face of evidence that it is counter to our choice. This is what is at work when our prospects and customers declare what their business issues are. From this point, we can always fall back to the argument of you told me. The basic human condition reacts to this choice supportive bias. It seeks more information consistent with our decisions. Don't think this is true? Look at the political landscape. The United States political system is full of real-world examples. It is where citizens make decisions and stand firm on those choices, and that is regardless of the presentation of evidence to the contrary. If it doesn't agree with our narrative, we dismiss it. What I am suggesting is using this cognitive bias positioning in your sales process. In the discovery phase, get the challenges on the table. Once these challenges are on the table, you have an opportunity to create strategies to solve problems. Whenever we are met with resistance, we can always go to the magic words, you told me X, Y, and Z. Is this still true or has something changed? 19th century writer and humorist Henry Wheeler Shaw wrote under the pen name of Josh Billings. He stated, life consists not only of holding good cards, but in playing those you hold well. This is one of those instances. When you understand the situation, you can understand how to get all the pieces to fall in your favor. Someone once asked me about selling. Is it selling or manipulation? My thought is, it is a matter of ethics. If you believe you are helping people see the light, if you believe you use what you represent to help them help themselves, then it is good salesmanship. If you are selling to close business and don't care about the outcome, then it is manipulation and you give us all a bad name. There are other cognitive biases at play in the world of selling. There is the pro-innovation bias. This is the one that shows businesses leaving older, established mass media options for the shiny new object of digital technological advances. These are not as well-established or have niche characteristics. They expect them to behave like the older, more well-established choices, yet they do not. 
And then there is the mere exposure effect or familiarity principle that has our customers buying what they like rather than what they need. What the programmatic enthusiasts will never understand is the basics of human psychology, which go into every face-to-face, human-to-human sales transaction. American businessman W. Clement Stone wrote Believe and Achieve. In it, he ascribes to the theory that sales are contingent on the attitude of the salesman, not the attitude of the prospect. There is no magic bullet or internet hack that will change this. Sorry, programmatic champions. Knowing what is going to happen before it is going to happen is a skill that great sellers have. It doesn't come from shortcuts and fads, but from experience and hard work. Author, sales trainer, and friend of mine, Chris Lytle, is famous for saying, your clients get better as you get better. Learning how to ask great questions in the discovery process will lead to uncovering all the information you need to sell your product. It will reveal if your solution is in fact a good fit. If it is not a good fit, walk. This is also part of that level of experience. Know when to say when. When your prospect throws out a challenge you know you can solve, pursue it with gusto. If you meet with resistance, stop. Back up to the place where you were both in agreement. You told me, writes the ship and the conversation, which may have gotten off the rails. There is a point where there may be an impasse. Instead of charging forward like a bull in a china shop, you may need to take a softer approach. Slow down and back up. Retreat to the point of parity. Take a breath and exhale. Start again. When you learn to do this, you have gotten better. Your clients will begin to tell you more truths. And they will do this because they believe you are their ally. They believe you can help them. You can solve one of their problems they put on the table. Most are skeptical of sellers as they do not see them as helpful or credible at the beginning of the business relationship. That will improve with success and time. In the sales world, you encounter different people and different personalities. Some are even different within the same person at different times of the day. Regardless of the personality type and the attitude towards you and your product, if you can get your clients, prospective clients, and future prospects to have an honest conversation about their wants and needs, you have an opportunity to help them, even if that help requires you saving them from themselves. When you are viewed as a business partner and not a vendor, this will happen. When you can get real truth on the table, reveal the real pain, you have a path to get there. Once uncovered, this is your frame of reference for the future. When a conversation starts to drift, you can always bring it back to the high center. Find this reference point and use it whenever the conversation starts to go off the rails. We become better sellers when we are engaged in solving customer problems. When we are busy selling our wares, we can be dismissed. Those three objections can brush us aside and leave us little room to maneuver. We will get boxed into a corner with a full retreat as the only option. By focusing on customer pain points and solving customer problems, we leave ourselves plenty of room to operate. We will have multiple directions to assist. Focus on finding the pain points in your discovery conversations, and then continue to have them every time you connect with your prospects and customers. Ask about what has changed since you last met. Make sure your center point for conversation is still on balance. If your premise is off, your solution will be met with resistance. Uncover the customer needs 
confirm your findings. Talk about the problem you are working on solving using your customer's words. Author, speaker, and trainer Antonio Garrido of Sadler Training says people never believe what you tell them, rarely believe what you show them, they mostly believe what other people tell them, and they always believe what they tell themselves. If we know they believe what they tell themselves, get them to tell you what they believe their problem is. There you will always have a conversation starter. Develop great opening questions. Develop ways to probe for specific business problems. Know what keeps that person up at night. Then know what tools you have at your disposal. This way, when you reach that first value-based objection, you are ready. You can pause, take a breath, then exhale and open your response with, you told me. If you have found this helpful, you will find more advice like this in my book, Yes, I'm a Salesman, You Can Be Too. You can find it on Amazon.com or go to cdmediaconsulting.com right now and follow the instructions to order.